I'm Sonia Morton Firth, and you're tuned in to the Sonia Morton Firth Show. Today, my guest is Theo Fleury, NHL player, Olympic gold medalist, Stanley Cup champion, best-selling author, and speaker. As a young teenager, Theo was raped 150 times by his hockey coach and turned to drugs and alcohol to overcome the pain and suffering. One day, it came to the point where he found himself with a gun in his mouth. Today, Theo defines himself as a victor over trauma and a facilitator for those trying to find their way. Watch this interview as we go deep into trauma, epigenetics, the causes, and some of the tools to help with the repercussions on our mental health. And that guy came to the book signing to deliver a spiritual message of two simple words, me too. And what I realized was that by me finding my own voice and putting a voice to my pain and suffering, I can help other people yeah. do the exact same thing. So, so actually, and uh, it's, it's going to sound, I hope this doesn't sound cold and callous, but everything you went through up until that point. Yeah, there was a reason why. There was a reason why. Because this yeah. is what I was meant to do right from day one. This has always been... Had not had all those horrible, awful experiences, you would never yeah. have got to this realization. Exactly. Right. And so what happened was by writing this book, I found the purpose, the true purpose for my life. And you know what happened after that? Like I got completely run over by people. Every book signing, five, 10, 15, 20 people were coming up saying, hey, man, I read your book. You told my story. Me too. Hey, I saw your documentary. You told my story. Hey, I read an article in the magazine. You told my story. Me too, right? And so, you know, something that was so awful became something so incredibly beautiful, right? And yet, not everyone would have taken that route because quite often, more case times than not, that the abuse becomes the abuser. Right, right. And yet you had the strength or you or, or the guidance, whatever you want to call it. To, mm -hmm. But, to, but, to, I, but I did abuse, but I did abuse people in different ways, not sexually, you know, uh, you know, when I had all that fame and all that money, I had power, I could control people, I could, you know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff was you know, was about it. Um, you know, I neglected my kids for many years. Um, you know, my relationships with, you know, my, my ex-wives wasn't, you know, wasn't very good. And so, you know, I, I was on this path of sort of, um, trying to fix all of it. Right. But I couldn't do it until I fixed myself. Yeah. Right. And right? Because all, all, all you're going to attract is somebody that's, that's, that's got yeah. that same vibration level yeah. at that point yeah. it's not fixed it's not yeah. to be the right yeah. timing and the right yeah that you're attracting. yeah and so you know what happened was you know i got this incredible education on this book tour of the reality of the enormity of sexual abuse on the planet right because because <clears throat> you know the stat that i heard before I went out on the tour was one in three girls, one in six boys 
before the age of 18 are going to have some unwanted sexual experience, which means one quarter of the world's population is, is going to have some sort of, you know, uh, wild sexual experience as a kid. Right. And, but what I've, you know, what I've realized after being in this space now for 12 and a half years is that those stats are actually, you know, not the real stats. I believe there's as many boys as girls that get abused. You know, there's no, so I would say, you know, what is it? One in three, one in two, maybe. Right. So, um, so yeah, so I've basically spent the last 12 and a half years, you know, being a speaker, uh, a facilitator, a coach, um, you know, you name it all, you know, in this, in this field. Right. And so, um, it has been incredibly cathartic. It has been incredibly rewarding. Um, and, you know, I would have never thought in my wildest dreams that, you know, this would be, you know, my purpose. Right. And, and such a gift, an amazing gift. And, you know, when I stepped into this space, like you mentioned earlier, I, I knew, I knew why I had the parents that I had. I knew the reason why I had the abuser that I had, you know, Going back to the parents, um, do you believe, and I'm reading a lot about this at the moment, um, that their trauma was actually passed through to you? We sort of talked. For sure. Yeah, there was a piece, you know, there's a piece of DNA that gets passed down. What do they say? Seven generations? Wow. So the trauma that goes back seven generations can be passed on and on. And yeah. is there anything relating to whether that's on the mom's side, the father's side, or is it both? It's both, both. You, you, because you get you get both strands of DNA. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, but but what I, I really see my parents as a gift now. Right? Yeah, of course. You know, truly. <clears throat> you know, my dad's been sober thirty-five years. Um, my mom, not not so much. Uh, my mom lives in a mental hospital. Mm. Yeah, because of uh, what forty years of uh, being addicted to big pharma. What, right? what sort of stuff is she on, or was she? Oh on? my, everything, everything, you name it, she was on it. So that, that made it, it sort of makes me mad because these people yeah. are making millions and billions. Yeah. Uh, and look, we're seeing it all again. <laughs> we're seeing it. Again. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're the sickest, most demented, most, I don't even know what the word is, people on the planet, you know, that, uh, and, you know, what I find interesting is, um, so I'm an indigenous person, I have indigenous blood in my system. And what do you mean by indigenous blood? So I, I'm native. Oh, okay. From, from uh, my dad's side, my dad's side. <clears throat> and uh, so we have 633. I mean, sorry, it's, it's, it's a name because I mean, the spirituality going on, on there, right? That's where I'm, that's where I'm heading with this, with this next thing. So 
Um, so the, the indigenous community in Canada has been extremely abused, you name it, for many, many years, okay? Lots of sexual abuse, lots of physical violence, you name it. And, and so of the 633 communities in Canada that are all indigenous communities, I've been to 420 wow. of these communities speaking and trying to help you know, overcome all of these challenges. And what's happened is, is it's where I found that one piece that was missing. And you talked about it, spirituality. Okay. And I believe that the indigenous community does spirituality better than anybody on the planet. Okay. And so what happened was I started to talk to elders, talk to spiritual leaders and hang around with medicine men. And I started to participate in ceremony. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it, it was, it was the last piece in the, uh, of the puzzle, right? Because uh, a healing journey is a three-step process, emotional, physical, spiritual, got to heal all three. Right. And so, you know, I hang around with one of the most powerful medicine men in the world who lives two hours from my house here. And, uh, you know, I'm a big sweat lodge guy. I love to do sweat lodges because it's one of the most incredible spiritual experiences. I think anybody. Is that like a, like a sauna? Yeah. Like yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And and so, you know, these amazing people from all of these communities, you know, they gave me back my life spiritually. And if there was somebody that, that's what, because I mean, I, I mean, I, wow, you know, mind, body and the spirituality side, but a lot of people haven't got access, obviously, to, to medicine, man, right. Jamin, or, or yeah. certainly walking around in the UK, that they don't happen to be. <laughs> right. And a vicar isn't quite the same. <laughs> right. What would you suggest if somebody does want to heal their spiritual side? Um, because that's about trauma going through back in yeah. lives. Well, that's the thing about spirituality is it's individual, right? So I always tell people try everything. Yeah. You know. Well, what place oh. does meditate? I mean, I, I've I've been trying metal, trying meditation for the last few years. Mm -hmm. um sometimes very successfully um sometimes not so and i and i find my the time where i can meditate the best is when i'm actually outside in nature yeah um but other people sort of say sit cross leg and, and that doesn't quite work for me they're sort of just sitting there it's, yes it's sitting, yes. If it's being outside where i feel connected to, to mm -hmm. things around me yeah yeah like um but you know, I had blood memories, right? You know what I'm talking about? Blood memories. So, you know, I, I believe past, I, like there's past, I did yeah. live past life and all that. So, yeah. you know, when I'm sitting in the, in the sweat lodge, you know, like I have dreams of, you know, my past lives, right? Wow. So, you know, and so, you know, that fit for me right? It, it, it totally fit for me. And, uh, 
but you know, there's all different kinds of ways to heal. And to me, what is spirituality? I don't believe in the white bearded guy in the sky. Like I can't, you know, I can't get that concept. No, I, I, yeah. Right. But what I do get is I get the concept of relationship. And to me, that's what spirituality is, is I spent the majority of my life running away from myself. Okay. And I lived my whole entire life in my past, right? I lived in my past. And, uh, and so to me, spirituality is about relationship. How do you get and it's that? Really, and it's the relationship I have with myself. How do you get that connection with yourself? As I mean, you know, I've experienced, I'm sure most of us have experienced that where they don't feel that, that connection. They, they are okay. living in the past. They are dragging their baggage around with them. Um, I mean, I think relationships, intimate relationships are a particular way where all these triggers come out. Yeah. Um, and, and it's always, you, you know, you're looking back at the past, someone's triggered you because of something that's happened to you in the past. It's not actually that person, but that person's your mirror showing you yeah. <laughs> the reflection. Absolutely. Yeah. How do you get that real, that, how do you start to love yourself? I mean, I guess that's, that's the, um, that's the, the key question, right? Well, I always go back to the, to the washroom scene. That's when I surrendered. Okay. So I gave up everything when I surrender, I gave it all up, right? I'm not running the show anymore. I am not run, running the show and I have to trust that every day the universe, God, Allah, Buddha, Jehovah, whatever the hell you want to call it is going to look after me and show me the path. Wow. And if I take back that thing, then guess what happens? I get depressed. I get anxious because I am now taking back control. Yeah. 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 Right. So we've all become control freaks to, to the extent actually that if you look at this pandemic, we're, we're chatting now and I'm in lockdown here in the UK. I, I don't know what it's like there. And same here, same here. Yeah. Uh, but we're no longer in control, right? We, we, we no one can control this. <laughs> No. And, and what, you know, for good or for bad or whatever your experience is, and um, I'm sure there's lots of people out there suffering, but the one thing this has given us, I think, is it's taught us that we can't control and we've got to slow down. Yeah. Yeah. And yet we live in a materialistic world that teaches us rush, 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 stress, hustle, materialistic things and yeah. you know, I'm, not, I'm not saying money isn't you know is the root of all evil i'm not saying that right right but what i'm saying is we got so you and i was big one for this i was always rush rush busy 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 yeah. you know gotta get this done yeah. where's my yeah. to-do list and now you were sort of forced into this time of of, of quietness of well why do you think why do you think We've had we we have the highest suicide rates during the pandemic. Well, it's the first time that people are actually have to be with themselves. Yeah. They can't distract themselves. They can't nothing. You're, <laughs> you're it's as it's as it's as raw as you can be. It really is. Right? 
I, I live on my own and and I've got to say it's and, and yeah, I'm a people person, you know. Normally yeah. I'd be out meeting people and and, and so it doesn't really bother me on my own. Now I went mm-hmm. through the first lockdown in a relationship and we, we split up because yeah. he moved in and it was just whoa, way too much. Yeah. Uh and yeah, I, I'm sort of in this time I'm I'm a lot more used to it. I, I mean I still I'm still dying to meet people and I still can't wait to get out there. Yeah. But I found it incredibly difficult. I find it very difficult to sort of face myself. Yeah. But but you have to go there. Like you have to go there. You know, uh, in my second book, I wrote with a, uh, uh, a person in the neuroscience space. So how your brain is affected from trauma and then how you can go back and rewire it. Oh, right? wow. 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 Yeah. Now, I'll send, I'll send, I'll send you, a, I'll send you a copy of the book. And we actually wrote a chapter in, a, in the book called sitting in your shit because it's part of the process, yeah. right? The uncomfortability of being with yourself is the only way you can do it. It's the only way out, Right. Because if you're not, and I guess that is the point where people would say, "Oh, I'm going to have a drink, or I'm going to have some drugs," because they actually can't face that bit of actually facing themselves. So they'll they'll have a distraction, right? Yeah. And that was always my biggest fear was being alone. Mm. I could never be alone with myself. Wow. Right. And now, and now I lots of little ping aha moments (laughs) going off there. And now I love it, right? Like I love it I, I, because I like myself. I love myself and, and you know, I'm a really good person and, and uh, I have so much to offer to the world from my experiences, which I always thought were like this burden and, you know, why me and why, you know, well, there was a reason, right? There was, there's always a reason and nothing happens by coincidence right? Everything happens for a reason. And the greatest motivator for change is what? Pain. Pain is a sign from the universe that I need to do something to change, right? What, what would you say to anyone that, that, that's watching this that, that maybe is going through a lot of pain? And, you know, like you say, suicide rates are, are, are rocketing. They are here as well. Yeah. You yeah. Know, every day. In fact, in fact, what, the toll on the mental health is far, far greater yeah. than what's going on physically. Absolutely, um, for sure. If, if there are people watching that are in that dark moment, is there any sort of advice that, that you could give them? For sure. Well, um, you know, I, I have this stupid saying called find your five. Find your five people, right? So I have five people in my favorites on my phone that I call every day, no matter how I'm feeling, because I got to change the habit. My old habit was I don't talk about anything. I don't do anything. I don't, right. So I got to change that habit. And, you know, uh, a lot of times, you know, I just need people to listen. I need to vent. Okay. So I don't need advice. I just need somebody on the other end of the phone to listen, right? 
And, and so I'm always in constant contact with my five people, regardless of how I'm feeling, right? And what people don't understand is that when you're in a very depressive state, having suicidal ideation is normal. Having thoughts of suicide is normal, normal. You're not crazy. It's, it's normal. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, most you know, one, I mean, I, I, I haven't for a long time, but actually the first time I had was back in lockdown one. And I remember yeah. sitting on the floor and literally with my head and my hands going, how am I going to cope with this? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, yep. that, and I hadn't felt that way for, well, I can't even remember when I, I'm, I'm generally a very positive, upbeat person. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so small, be- small am I, but I still have thoughts. Yeah. Right. And, you know, what I understand about the brain is that that's just the brain. Right. And, and so uh, what it tells me when I'm having those thoughts is I am not spiritually connected. Right. So I have to reach into my toolbox, pull out my spirituality tools and use them. Right. To get out of that space. And, you know, what's interesting is, you know, if you think about the past, that's depression. If you think about the future, that's anxiety. Okay. So because we don't know what the future looks like. Everybody, everybody is in a high state of anxiety. So what chemicals do you produce when you're in anxiety? Adrenaline and cortisol, the two worst chemicals that we produce in our body, right? And so prayer, meditation, you know, yoga, uh, getting on the I love going for a walk, just going for a walk outside and yeah, just go for a walk, right? A very beautiful park. Yeah. Because um, the 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 easiest thing to do when you're in that state is you have to move your body. Yeah. Because it changes your chemistry. Right? And so so yeah, it's 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 been an unbelievable journey, right? And an unbelievable transformation, uh, you know, that I've gone through. And, and, you know, another thing I always tell people is, you know, I'm in therapy for the rest of my life. And I'm completely okay with that. Because every time I put myself in a therapeutic environment, what happens? I get better. Get better. And I understand myself more, right? Because I have multiple layers of trauma in my story. And for many years, what did I do? I stuffed them as far down as I possibly could. And that didn't want them to come to the surface. Now I want everything to come to the surface because I want to deal with it. And do you find it quite therapeutic and having conversations about telling your story, getting it out? Absolutely. That, that, you know, helping is healing. Yeah, absolutely. Like when I help people, I'm not thinking, I'm not thinking, right? My soul energy is on that person. And I'm not thinking about my shit. I'm thinking about them, right? Trying to be present, trying to be attuned, listening, right? You know, 
And, and uh, you know, that's what makes me uh, so great in this field is, you know, I have compassion for everybody's story. I have empathy for everybody's story. I know how to listen, right? I know how to, you know, bring all that stuff out of people, right? You know, and that's, that's the gift, right? That's the gift in going through all of the pain and suffering is now I can help somebody else do the exact same thing the experience and you've been through it and you've come out the other side yeah um where if i mean yeah, well, what, what are you doing now i guess you're, you're in lockdown there but what's sort of next for you once you come out of this time where can people find out more about you i don't you run yeah. so speaking is out at the moment <laughs> well I've, I've been doing lots of uh, uh virtual speaking stuff um you know, I've done 800 speeches in 12 years. Wow. Yeah. So, um, but I do coaching. I do sobriety coaching. I help people uh, achieve sobriety. Uh, uh, during the lockdown, I designed a online course called Trauma Transformation. It uh, it has four different modules where I I what is it? It's a two and a half hour video session of me talking about, uh, you know, how to tell your story, who to tell your story to, uh, how to pick the right therapist, how to, you know, practice spirituality, you know, all, all of these things we sort of, and then, so I, I have a private Facebook group called trauma, trauma transformation, uh, where once a month I do a group therapy session with, all of my uh, all of my people. Um, I also work for a, a medical technology company. Uh, we have an app called uh, MMS uh, Mobile Wellness, and it is it is uh, uh, binaural beats. So, um, how do I put it? Um, so it's it's like music. Yeah. therapy where the tracks have been chosen and it works with your uh, alpha beta theta gamma okay. in your in your brain and uh um you know i i've i've been using the app now for i don't know three months and i can see a significant change in my chemistry what, I can, you listen to it when you go to sleep. Does it sort of pick up? No, Do you wear it? That's, that's the greatest thing about this app is that it's not a meditation app. Okay. You, you can, uh, all you need is a set of headphones. Yeah. And you can be walking, you can be exercising, you can be vacuuming your floor, you can be sitting watching TV, and the app does all the work for you. Right. And, um, I get pitched all the time, right? I get pitched constantly to get involved with different, you know, businesses. And to me, um, you know, I've done 10,000 hours of therapy and I still have depression and I still have anxiety. And I'm like, why is that? Well, I haven't found a therapeutic process that can recalibrate my nervous system. So you're searching as well. Right. But this app has been a game changer because it's starting to 
recalibrate my nervous system where all of that anxiety and that depression all lives like shit's moving. It's starting to move out of my system. And so um, I'd love to send you the app. I'll send you a free subscription to the app and you can try it it out. If it's something you wear, how does it know? No, it's on your phone. Like it's, it's an app on your phone and you just dial it in and we have a hundred different tracks for, for whatever you're, whatever you're feeling or whatever you need to work on. And I use mine seven to 10 times a day. I just put on, put on my headphones and listen to the, to the thing. And, and uh, you know, within, I would say two to three minutes, I can get rid of my anxiety. I can get rid of my depression, you know, all, all this stuff. So it's, so it's amazing um, that. um, And then I also work for a company called Ibogaine. And uh, ibogaine is a, uh, a plant that grows in Africa. It's a root that uh, eliminates the detox off of opioids, opioids, heroin, and fentanyl. And we have uh, a treatment facility in Cancun, uh, Mexico, where we've uh, administered this treatment 3,700 times. And uh, I am in charge of uh, designing the aftercare program for all of these, uh, all these people. Well, that is, that, that is amazing. I actually, I should put you in touch with over in, uh, in Thailand and Phuket, who runs um, some clinics over there as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I've really, I've really sort of uh, moved into the psychedelic space. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. I, would you, would you, have you taken ayahuasca? Is that something that? I don't think I would do ayahuasca, but I would definitely do mushrooms because I've heard a lot of great stuff about psilocybin because I've suffered many concussions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. hockey days, yeah. Yeah, in my playing career, and and that's probably the biggest challenge I've had since. Uh, is my physical being because of the sport that I played, you know, as soon as I turned 50, like it was like, every, I'm turning out this year. <laughs> <laughs> like every hit that I took, like I feel every morning when I get out of bed, right. The stiffness, the arthritis, the, all that stuff. So I've sort of been on a mission, um, you know, trying different uh, therapies to try to, you know, because um, usually I find it's the other way around when you've got emotional blocks, it can take its toll in the body. You can, oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when I feel yeah. something, I'm like, okay, what's going on mentally for me or what's going on emotionally? Yeah. Um, and, it, and it can manifest itself in the body. Definitely. I definitely yeah. the, the mind body connection is for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, I've been sort of on this, on this mission to heal my, you know, my physical, things that happen because, you know, I, I, I played a sport that, you know, back in the eighties and nineties, it was violent. Yeah. It was like, it was almost barbaric. Yeah. 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 You know? Well, I, I sort of remember the films. I mean, we don't really have it over here right. as much as not as a big, well, you, you, yeah. you know, it's interesting. My last professional season of hockey, I played for the Belfast giants. Oh, I was in Ireland in Belfast. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I played in the I played in the UK yeah. uh, British Ice Hockey League for for one year. Wow! In uh, what was that? Two thousand and five. 
Listen, have you been to London since? Have you been oh, to yeah. England since? If you ever get over to London, well, once this all comes over. Well, I, I, I spoke at the World uh, Psychodrama Conference at Royal Holloway University in London, England, like, I don't know, seven, eight years ago. And it was, it was amazing. I love London. I went to, uh, I went to a couple Broadway plays uh, when I was there. The days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Went to some awesome restaurants and um, yeah, it was, it was me. I love, I love London. It's a very, very cool place. Theo, listen, this has been an amazing, amazing chat. Um, I've, I've actually loved speaking to you. I wish you were here in person. Um, I know. I, 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 wanted, <laughs> I, I do have one final question for you. And this sure. Is what I ask all my guests. Um, and that is, if you were to write a message in a bottle for future generations to find, what would that message be? Huh. Wow. <laughs> you got a month <laughs> i could write a whole book on that you know um i would say geez what would i say this is uh i don't very rarely get stumped on a question but i you know but i want it to be profound so um you know i'm asking the universe for help right now <laughs> so um um huh i would say live your life with compassion empathy love and uh don't don't forget about yourself like don't ever forget about uh yourself because i believe we all have a purpose in life and, uh, you know, the, the sort of object of the game is to find what that is. Yeah. Right. Find what it is. You know, I always thought I was going to be a hockey player and that was it. Right. That's what I thought, you know, I, my, I was put on the earth for. And, uh, you know, like I said, when I surrendered, you know, and let go, right. Let go and let God, right. You know, that's that saying, um, you know, when I did that, my life completely did a 180 degree turn in the direction where I was always supposed to, to be, you know, and I probably would have got here sooner if I would have surrendered sooner. But you needed to go through all those steps. Right? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Theo, yeah. listen, that is absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for being a guest on my show. I've oh, it's been my honor loved having you on here hope you enjoyed the show remember there's a new interview out every monday so hit subscribe and like and you'll get it straight into your inbox